this is Jay Barris with the Sidley Austin Mutual Fund Minute. Today, Mutual Fund Minute looks at the Securities and Exchange Commission's proposal to require registered investment advisors and broker-dealers that interact with clients using artificial intelligence and other technologies to identify and eliminate conflicts of interest. The July 26, 2023 proposal, approved by a split SEC, turns sharply away from traditional principles-based and disclosures-based approaches that have been the hallmark of past regulation. With me today is Benson Cohn, a partner in Sidley's Funds Group here in New York, to look at what the rules would mean for registered investment advisors, broker-dealers, and of course, investors. So Benson, uh, what, in, in a nutshell, what would this proposed regulation require? Oh, thank you, Jay. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Um, so the, the proposed rules would require investment advisors and broker-dealers that use any quote-unquote covered technology, and we'll get to that in a minute, to address and eliminate or neutralize conflicts of interest. Uh, these rules would require advisors not just to identify, but to eliminate or neutralize those potential conflicts of interest. And I repeat that because that's a big departure. They have to establish detailed compliance policies and procedures and periodically confirm that they are effective at, again, neutralizing or eliminating those risks. That, that's a, a pretty tall order. What, Benson, what, what are they really driving at here? You know, it, it's, it's an interesting question. You know, the SEC seems to be concerned uh, about advisors and broker-dealers using emerging technologies to place their interests ahead of investors' interests. This is a classic case of addressing conflicts of interest, uh, though I'm a bit concerned that they be drawing the circle much broader than what they actually intended. So how can an advisor use covered technology to place its interests ahead of their clients? Well, you know, conflicts of interest occur all the time, every day when it comes to investment advisors and broker-dealers. You know, for example, an investment advisor is a financial incentive to have a client invest in a managed account that pays a higher fee, a broker-dealer gets, that gets paid a transaction fee, has an incentive to you know, actively trade a client's account to generate more transactions and more fees. You know, this federal securities laws address those conflicts of interest. And so using technology, you can enhance the, or I wouldn't say enhance, but probably increase the likelihood that those risks are going to come up. But, but wait, didn't you just say that the laws and regulations already regulate investment advisors and broker-dealers uh, with respect to putting their clients' interests first. It, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is an evolution of the existing duties and obligations of advisors. Advisors have a fiduciary duty to put their clients' interests ahead of the advisor. Broker-dealers have to comply with regulation best interests, which was a package of rules that include certain rules requiring the broker-dealer to, to take their client's interests into account, and when they're making investment recommendations, they also have FINRA rules. You know, none of the regulators have been shy about enforcing, taking enforcement action or bringing claims against advisors or broker-dealers that don't comply with the conflicts of interest rules. Well, why then does the SEC need a new rule? What's different about this proposal from the rules that are already out there? It's a vast extension of the existing regulatory requirements. Well, how so? Well, so let's go back to the, the definition of covered technology. So the covered technology, as they define it, would if it's used in any customer interaction, you'd have to identify whether there's a conflict of interest. And then you have to determine if that conflict results in the firm, whether they're an investment advisor or broker-dealer, putting their interest ahead of the client. 
And then you have to eliminate or neutralize that conflict of interest, which is very different than the traditional disclosure-based regime. And, you know, let's, we should probably talk more about what they define as covered technology. Okay, well, let, let, there's a lot to unpack here. Let's start with covered technology. What is a covered technology? Does, does that include a rotary telephone? <laughs> uh, what, what is, it could be anything. Well, exactly. It could be anything. I but mean, don't, it, don't they don't they meet artificial intelligence and well, stuff like that? It, it, that's the that's the interesting thing. I mean, this all grew out of a request for information relating to digital engagement practices and use of artificial intelligence. But the definition that they came up with, and you know, if you'll indulge me, I'll read it. It includes analytical, technological, or computational function, an algorithm, model, correlation matrix, or similar method or process that optimizes for predicts guides, forecasts, or directs investment-related behaviors or outcomes. This would pick up, obviously, artificial intelligence, machine learning, or deep learning algorithms, neural networks, but it's any technology that uses historical or real-time data, uh, lookup tables, or correlation matrices. I mean, think about Excel. I mean, that's a, that's a classic thing that could be picked up here. And it, it does sound pretty broad. Uh, well, couldn't a computational function or process include a, an Excel spreadsheet? Yes, absolutely. And it's as written, this could include anything uh, as simple as a spreadsheet or even a you know, Word document that presents results from a computational process that's delivered to a client, you know, computations of performance, things of that nature. Everything gets pulled into the circle. That's why I say I think they drew the circle much broader than they intended or, quite frankly, as, as the industry expected. Okay, well, I, I get the part that the, a firm would have to identify potential conflicts of interest, but doesn't this rule go way beyond that? It, and, uh, how, how so? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, how, that, how so? that's, that, that's the, I think, the area that, the, that they'll get the most comment on, because it requires not only that firms do the classic thing, which is identify, mitigate, and disclose conflicts of interest. They say, they go beyond that, and they say you must eliminate or neutralize, and they put that in the rule. Uh, the, the effect of the conflict of interest. And that, I mean, that goes way beyond what historically has been the case. Okay, so, so let me get this right here. It's not, if this rule goes through, it's not enough to make full disclosure of the conflict and let the investor decide? Exactly, exactly. The requirement goes way beyond that. It, you know, the full disclosure that you would expect is just a part of what you do currently. I mean, obviously you have to mitigate the, the conflict to the extent you can. This goes beyond even that and says you must eliminate or neutralize. And those are very strong words that you don't typically see and that ha at the industry has pushed back on similar proposals in the past. Okay, well, the, the devil is in the details, of course. Let's poke at this uh, another way. What is an investor interaction. That sounds pretty broad, too. It, it is very broad. And, you know, they, the, again, if you'll indulge me, the SEC defines investor interaction as engaging or communicating with an investor, including by exercising discretion, providing information to an investor, or soliciting investor. It would capture firms' correspondence, dissemination of information to, or solicitation of investors in any form. So, you know, we were talking before about technology, but this would pick up in-person meetings, any advertisements, websites, calls, chatbots, emails, texts, WhatsApp, anything that where you're talking to a client or, you know, the rule picks up investors in private funds or investors in funds generally, anything that involves talking to them in any fashion or communicating in any fashion. Would you left out up. TikTok. Oh, yes, of course, TikTok. You know, and and what, what, what do they mean by 
an investor. Is that an expansion of the definition? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I, uh, not to bury the lead for our fund clients, but this includes investment advisor clients, direct clients, so your traditional retail clients, uh, institutional clients, which we'll, we can talk about, any broker-dealer client, that, uh, although that's uh, limited to retail, and any investor in, in a, what they call a pooled investment vehicle. So any, think of your investor in any hedge fund or private equity fund, mutual fund, anything of that nature would be picked up. It's, it's enormously expansive in, it, in its application, and it goes beyond just where you're giving recommendations or giving advice in the classic sense. It's any interaction. Okay, but the, the, the definition for a broker-dealer seems to be limited to retail. Right. Uh, but, but for advisors, it's broader. It doesn't distinguish between retail and institutional investors. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's an interesting distinction. I know you and I have been talking about that internally with some of our colleagues. I honestly don't think there is a great argument for that distinction. I think they're, maybe their thinking is that because an advisor has a fiduciary obligation, it should apply regardless. But let's be honest, institutional investors don't expect that investment advisors are going to take those additional steps. So it's kind of baffling to me what they're trying to solve for. Is this rule really aimed at artificial intelligence, or does it cover more than artificial intelligence? I, I think that the, the SEC is sort of struggling, I mean, as we all are, with trying to see where the use of technology, including artificial intelligence, machine learning, neural networks, all, the, all these things are going. And so they, I think, entered into it thinking, let's focus on artificial intelligence, but they are drawing the circle much broader because they want to kind of get ahead of the technology. And, and wait, there's more. What about, <laughs> what about the requirement to adopt policies and procedures? What's that all about? What changes here? Well, you know, uh, Commissioner Pierce, who dissented, said, you know, this would require eye-wateringly detailed policies and procedures to cover every aspect of the evaluation and assessment of every potential conflict and how to handle them. Uh, so well, it's, it's, it's much it's, broader than like a principles-based conflicts of interest policy that you would traditionally see. Is it surprising that the SEC took such an aggressive approach to regulation? I, I can't wait to see the comment letters that the industry is going to uh, submit on this proposed rule. You know, it seems to me like they're trying to use a bazooka to kill an ant. I mean, to be sure, the comments will emphasize the existing laws and rules combined with the SEC enforcement powers are sufficient to cover these issues. And, you know, there's going to be a strong focus, in my opinion, in my expectation, on this requirement to eliminate or neutralize and the breadth of the types of policies and procedures that they're going to require. Thanks, Benson, for joining Mutual Fund Minute. This is Jay Barris of Sidley Austin with the Mutual Fund Minute.